I am gentle, soft-spoken, just Please, like slow down. You, okay? mm-hmm. No, this is a lie. Um, it's right? called a lie. This is something we talked about with Professor Jackson yesterday. Uh-huh. And she definitely thinks that I should embrace it. In terms Your of... Your gentleness. Yes, because she was talking about how her generation didn't have that. Mm. And they didn't have that model, right? And so for her to be able to see Kevin do what he was doing in such a soft manner like mm. that was never something that was a possibility for her and i felt it in a similar way whereby like after you know we've been doing afro pessimism for mm. a while in class and i i didn't necessarily know how much i was experiencing that in a physical right right and so for me to go there and and and, and i had this interesting experience yesterday where it was interesting to see a white man get it mm. But I also wanted to be like, cry me a river. Like, why are you crying? Oh. You know that kind of thing? Because uh-huh. he was at the place whereby he's thinking about dropping out because what does the system mean and how he's compromised. Yeah. And I was like, literally, this is you still doing whiteness. Uh-huh. Even outside of it. Uh-huh. Because I, as a black person, should be sitting here and watch you be miserable about what your uncles are doing. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and I have to comfort you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I couldn't tell him that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm really curious what happens when a white person gets it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he hasn't gotten it because he was still performing whiteness mm-hmm. in that particular moment. But what happens to them? Like I know what we do. We just accept it. <laughs> uh, oh well. I mean, to some extent, I actually think, what does it mean for us to go about destroying the system together? Mm-hmm. Right, because who's together though? I mean, like, because we're we're individuals, we're people. We have friends, we don't have friends, mm-hmm. and we relate to people. And like you said, you're a white boyfriend. How do you? He gets it. You said, and in that moment, there was that hesitation of like, do I comfort this man as he's going through this? Because mm-hmm. like, otherwise, in other moments, I'd be like, what the fuck? Exactly. Just move on. What the? <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the part of the struggle that has to happen on that side. Mm. And how do we exist in that moment mm-hmm. without necessarily judging and mm. not allowing that process to take mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. because we don't allow it for ourselves? True. And, and I think that that's part of what... Okay, so yesterday, uh, Kwasha was talking about how he starts all his classes with Imagine a Black World. Mm. In the sense that a lot of the time when it comes to black theory, we come from a point of arguing, mm-hmm. of inserting our existence, our humanity, etc. But it's so different when you come from us. And, and then he talked about like the idea of, and not a black world in that the subversion of anti-blackness, mm-hmm. but a black world whereby it just is. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like perhaps what you're talking what your suggestion implies or in, like how I interpret that mm-hmm. is also how within my black world there is space for care yeah. even for the white boy yeah. who is out here doing the fucking <laughs> doing <most>. the most because <laughs> honestly if you were there you would think he's a black man who just discovered that his life means nothing yeah. that his death means nothing this man is ready to quit school yeah ready uh-huh. to quit school and start a coffee shop and i was just like oh wow okay i guess we're really doing this um so mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe that's it yeah i feel like it's it's hard i mean 
you know, we've had the experience, or I have had the experience of having to explain, like, what does it mean to be African to a white person? Mm-hmm. Like, having, trying to, like, these conversations that we have with each other, trying mm-hmm. to extend that conversation to someone who's not within, mm-hmm. who's not African, who does not deal with this every day. And it was frustrating in the process. Actually, I was just like, why am I really doing this? I don't have to educate anyone. But at the same time, we've kind of both grown from that experience. And both become more critical and more aware of how like things are happening around us because I had to do the hard thing which I won't do again I'm sorry <laughs> of educating someone and someone did the work of learning mm. right and going out of their way to do more mm-hmm. and I feel like it, it's hard to go through that process of helping someone else when helping someone else understand your suffering it's like it's weird you know what yes. I mean it's like you should just get this absolutely but I feel like maybe this is part of the struggle. But at the same time, you have to think about like Biko and like, you know, white liberals. And sometimes they're really not your allies. They really aren't. Um, But again, it's that whole thing of like, we don't walk around socially dead. Exactly. Right. And how do we like deal with, hey, yeah, there are white liberals who really don't give a shit. I mean, they give a shit, but they just want spice to their life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have to navigate the world. And there are white people around us. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes we do have to walk hand in hand, maybe just hold their index finger. <laughs> <laughs> Tread carefully. Tread with care. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe, and I mean, yesterday's talk, I, mean, I, know, I, I know I keep blabbering about it, but I think for me it was such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. in the sense that we were talking about black aliveness mm. and what that means, right? And it was like, so he talked about it's an encounter, not a possession. Yeah. And the ways in which it allows us to be ethical people. And not ethical in the social construction aspect of being ethical, Mm -hmm. but ethical in the ability, ethical in the translation of how to be. Mm -hmm. And that in turn being being able to have clarity of feeling Mm -hmm. and the ability to act on that feeling. Mm. So for instance, when he was having his conversation with Michael, he gave the example of him being a shy man who um, in that present moment could acknowledge his feeling of vulnerability, of fear, and coming from a clarity of feeling such that he could communicate that to Michael in a way that was caring, Mm. in a way that of graciousness mm. so he talked about like all you need is grace I think he was talking about an author um, one of the names is Brooks and he was coming more from a place of where when we allow graciousness yeah. to exist within us how that in itself allows us to be alive yeah. in ways that perhaps being within an anti-black world yeah. death being so much of the norm mm-hmm. that isn't a point at which we can exist. And so, I mean, I have a few notes here and there that I might be able to share with you. I don't really know if they make sense, but, <laughs> oh, oh my God. And then he, he started with this um, poem, mm-hmm. right, by Lucy Clifton. No idea and, okay, we'll <laughs> find out who the person is. And it, it started with this um, letter that was sent to W.E. Du Bois. Mm-hmm. And it was basically this person asking... I don't know if it was the government. I'm not quite sure. But it starts with a prompt. And the prompt is something, something, something do, does the N-word cry? Mm. How do they shed tears? Mm -hmm. It's at the end, right? And so she she starts and it's like, 
he do she do like they live they love they mourn they mourn m o u r n m o n they weep they what and then they do they do mm-hmm. right and then for me what will re- be really useful in my talk next semester is how so he talks about two things um how distance the praxis of distanciation mm-hmm. enables one to come from a place of not arguing mm-hmm. like tony morrison talks about how the function of race is to distract us yeah. to keep proving or arguing that we are human mm-hmm. and we could be doing other things or whatever yeah. and other things and so distanciation that is the use of the third person in a sense allows yeah. that distance in terms of objective fact yeah. as opposed to necessarily arguing for humanity yeah. and then the second thing he was talking about was how looking as a sensorium has somewhat first of all it being a eurocentric white supremacist praxis mm-hmm. and how looking is automatically glancing at the at the black man he's yeah. the inward um and like how in a way perhaps that that's why Tina Kampt moved towards the listening mm-hmm. because looking in itself is already such a corrupt way of knowing the yeah. world so i thought that was really interesting right i really don't know where i was going <laughs> with that but it was just honestly it was it was such a ha- i mean like even outside of the talk i mean the talk was great but for me i told him at the end that thinking about the book and meeting him it made sense mm-hmm. that that book was written by him like i don't think and it was like more of like quiet in practice which book um the sovereignty of quiet okay. like the book hip that he was talking about quiet storms right and it was really like this sense whereby i had always felt you know working on my consciousness doing the wake work yeah for me it had always been such a militarist venture yeah. and the idea of strength and that persona and that hardness yeah. right and just being able to see the healing work of being gentle mm-hmm. or being able to experience the world and like share space with people that i can trust to be me mm-hmm. around and how that was literally a breath being blown into me even mm-hmm. within death you know yeah the interesting thing about fi- i find about this is uh recently i had a conversation with a couple of friends we're, we're juniors and mm-hmm. we're we're kind of like going through the most mm-hmm. as we say and we sat down and tried to think like why because it, it didn't make sense like we're just like all of a sudden just feeling like the world is wrong and at some point like we started speaking about like uh financial aid mm-hmm. and we were like wow we suddenly felt constantly attacked by financial aid because we both like experienced like holds before registration always getting emails from financial aid like hey or or, or from payroll or whatever mm-hmm. and we were like wow we're actually not depressed because there's something overwhelming about classes per se but there seems to be almost this threat and hold on our lives by mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. by the school such that we're in this like dependent relationship with this institution such that our education and our future and whatever ideas attached to that are related to our ability to pay or not pay mm. and then we we thought about it again and we're like wait this is the same thing this sounds a lot like foreign aid <laughs> from the country's perspective and we're like there's there's this connection between like our micro individual experience mm-hmm. and the macro structure 
of our country and the international relations and politics that surround our nations. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wow. Like, we, we reached this realization, like, this sad realization of, of, to some extent, how the world is against us. Mm-hmm. Very much into exploiting and extracting from us. Mm-hmm. And, and it came from a very angry, militaristic place. And, I mean, like, hearing you talk about care, it, it like, almost makes me think about, maybe there's a different paradigm way through which we can go through this awareness of the world not being in our favor. Quote, unquote. Like, in our favor, whatever that means. And moving around a world that's constantly attacking you mm-hmm. with care and gentleness. And how do we mm-hmm. create a space for... Not create a, I don't know if it's... But create a space for us to exist within that, right? Yeah, something... Uh, I mean, I know we need to go, but um, something uh, Professor Jackson was talking about was like, can... I mean, I was giving my example of how I feel it physically manifests yeah. in terms of my muscles tensing up, my chest congestion mm-hmm. and all that when it comes to dealing with the antagonisms of the world. But And knowing that they will always exist. Yeah. Right? But she was asking if, for instance, I had, if I had the potential or the ability to, to master a sense of gentility within myself mm-hmm. such that my out outward world didn't necessarily come inside yeah so building that and and, and, I, and I mean like that's I, what we need yeah I, yeah because like i mean there is that community like i never want to take that for granted yeah like i have that space within people mm-hmm. and that home that i have built around people such that i have those spaces where i can waddle in and just know that i am safe and yeah. like let loose but also thinking about that's 10% of the time, right? Yeah. Um, I'm about to graduate. I don't know how much space that I'll have that will be similar to this, but like yeah. building that armor around yeah. you of gentility, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like fighting and you think about guns and all that, but I'm thinking about flowers <laughs> and I'm thinking about softness and I'm thinking about that perhaps being, I mean, I'm about to use a violent term, but the weapon. Uh-huh. You know, like we think about, and and the, and I don't want to say that we don't have space for combat because yeah. we do. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is space to know how to deal with the outside world in terms of combat. Yeah. But also still maintaining your sense of spirit. Yeah, I think that's important to to know when to fight and mm-hmm. when to rest. Because mm-hmm. and where to rest and where to rest. Because we are finite people, mm-hmm. and we need to acknowledge that and create space for us to exist mm. within these two states of like yes. combat and defense and rest and neutrality i think yes um i love how we just sit next to a mic and life happens this was <laughs> definitely not planned this should go in the extras perhaps oh yeah <laughs> I, I definitely think there's content here what there's sharing. always content always but yeah yes. we're like how are you and you're like actually I've been feeling <laughs> a certain way. Yeah, exactly. But yes, people, um, let's think about gentleness. Now I want to care. cry. And crying and having that space, right? You know? And you having, know. And, and the reason <laughs> I'm saying that is like, I know you're in a certain stage of life, but also knowing that it's not a question of compartmentalizing mm-hmm. or like being like, okay, now I need to get my school yeah. face on yeah. or like my mic face mic voice on in this case this is but my also, regular voice everybody but also just knowing that there's space for all that to exist and that all the rest is really a result of 
capitalism in some way being this violent idea of productivity and leisure yeah. time versus labor time mm-hmm. and all that then mm-hmm. all those things can coexist together yeah right? I agree yeah okay well all right dope shit Au time <laughs> to go to the teaching demo goodbye <laughs>